0: This is Andrea Schwartz with the Kingdom Driven Family. Many people ask me who my model was in terms of the mentoring and counseling that I do. I'd have to say that the inspiration and example came from Dorothy Rushduni, the wife of Dr. R.J. Rushduni. Years ago, I wrote a tribute to her, which I'd like to share with you now, entitled A Woman of Faith. Dorothy Ross Rushduni, wife of R.J. Rushduni, was an individual who had a profound influence in my life and the lives of many Christian women. Despite a life that saw its share of hardship and disappointment, and one where she occupied a supportive role rather than one in the spotlight, Dorothy maintained a love for God's law and embraced the fact that the elect, in being obedient to his word, don't always have an easy road. Dorothy Rush Dooney served as a role model to Christian women of a Proverbs 31 woman in its fullest sense and deepest sense. It would be omitting a significant chapter in the history of Christian Reconstruction to omit the enormous contribution made by this woman of faith. My first introduction to the Rush Dunys came back in 1985 when a good friend steered my husband and me in the direction of Rush's books. After reading just a bit and listening to his easy chair tapes, we became convinced that connecting with RJ Rushdoony was not a luxury, but a necessity. Becoming acquainted with him meant becoming acquainted with his wife, Dorothy. From the outset of our interaction, they were truly a package deal. We would schedule our vacations, travel up from San Jose on weekends and take every opportunity to visit with them asking theological questions and discussing current affairs from a Reformed, Reconstructionist worldview. In that season of my life, I unofficially adopted Dorothy Rush Jr. as my mother, and she likewise took me as her daughter. This relationship was priceless to me and my family. As she watched my children grow up, she demonstrated a keen perception regarding their personalities and character. She always had the capacity of dealing with children frankly, never patronizing them or talking down to them. When I became pregnant in 1991, one of my prayers was that the Lord would give us a girl so that I could name her after Dorothy. God gave me the desire of my heart. Dorothy Rush Juni always encouraged me in the homeschooling of my children and constantly challenged me to treat them as individuals. It was Dorothy who got me started working with Ross House Books, getting Rush's manuscripts typeset and into print. Her enthusiasm for these projects wore off on me and today this activity occupies much of my time and efforts. Dorothy never hesitated to call it as she saw it and embodied the scriptural truth, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Her ability to get to the bottom line on issues was truly remarkable if not sometimes uncomfortable. Two instances come to mind. Once, I was expressing aggravation to her over the fact that my efforts to get pregnant for a third time were repeatedly frustrated. I anticipated that she would share in my pity party, validating my irritations. Instead, she looked at me resolutely and asked, What makes you think that you create eternal life? talk about being put back in your place. Another time we were lamenting how painful it was to go to antinomian churches in our area and to have to suffer through repeated sermons where grace and law were continuously pitted against each other. In her inimitable style, she responded bluntly, how long are you two planning to torture yourselves in this way? Why not start your own house church? It was at her suggestion with Rush's encouragement that we did just that and for 15 years we had a church that met in our home. Other women I've spoken with who benefited from Dorothy's counsel and perspectives comment that Dorothy had been an older woman in the Lord whom they could go to for solid, biblical, trustworthy advice, and she always gave them much food for thought and growth. As the woman behind the throne, always serving her husband and helping him with her day-in-day-out devotion, She communicated a powerful message to them about loving their husbands, a message that has first of all been lived out in her committed life. The prefaces and introductions in many of Rush's books which express his great appreciation for the woman God gave him as a helpmate are much more understandable if you knew Dorothy and all she meant to him. Dorothy was right by Rush's side and keeping abreast of what he was studying biblically. She numbered among his best students and must rank as among the most loyal. Her ability to enter into theological discussions made it obvious that she had spent a great amount of time in the Word of God and had a firm grasp of scripture and doctrine. I could tell during our lengthy conversations that her opinions were reached freely and were not carbon copies of her husband's. I witnessed a woman who was well-read and who contemplated the implications of her faith in her life. Dorothy encouraged me to not hide my God-given gifts. She helped me to realize that as a woman, I did not have to take a back seat in theological discussions and conversations regarding the application of God's law to daily life. She helped me see that my role was to be submissive to my husband, not necessarily silent. Through her influence, I began to truly understand how the Christian faith elevates women, to a much higher station than any other philosophy or religion. She helped me to see that our calling is a high one that demands us to be fluent, articulate, and ready to act on the dictates of Scripture, not shying away from hard questions or hard decisions. Dorothy shared their perspective many times that godly submission isn't about sexuality. That is, whether you're the man or the woman, the husband or the wife. As she put it, Godly submission is just like an army. Somebody is the commanding officer, and in a family, that person is the husband. Therefore, it behooves all in that army to recognize their roles to help the forward progress of the kingdom of God. One woman put it this way, at times in my life when I've been stuck for some reason and needed a trustworthy perspective, I've called Dorothy and always walked away from our conversations with strength for the journey and wisdom that only a mature, godly person can give. I never thought of Dorothy as my equal, though I considered her one of my dearest friends. God gifted her with the grace and wisdom that comes with age, and I was the benefactor of listening to that sage advice many, many times. Dorothy's contribution on an organizational level was also extensive and unfailing. She was the typist, proofreader, and confidante of R.J. Rushduni during his years of formulating the ideas of Christian Reconstruction. She worked with others at getting the Chalcedon Report into circulation and handled many of the mundane jobs that were essential, but did not bring much glory. With her support and encouragement, Rush embarked on a career of calling the modern church to task, for its failure to take the Word of God seriously and apply it to all areas of life and thought. He wrote, and she worked diligently to get his words into print. For those readers who cannot picture life without computers, spell checkers, and automated labeling, much of this work was accomplished using manual typewriters and mimeograph machines, where the demand for accuracy and perseverance required much greater effort than we are used to today she would manually index Rush's books with him and help flesh out his ideas. Her unpaid work was acknowledged by Rush by his naming the publishing arm of Chalcedon, Ross House Books, using her maiden name. Dorothy witnessed her vision and appreciation for her husband's calling bloom from a small seed into a growing, blossoming tree. She was a vital part of his work from the beginning and was eager to do it. I have heard people comment that Rush truly became a productive writer when God brought Dorothy into his life. Dorothy saw the Christian Reconstruction movement and the Chalcedon Foundation grow. She was there as people came to investigate Rush and what he taught. She provided unselfish hospitality and often had to share personal family time with visitors. She remained a credit to her Scottish heritage in standing by her husband as he asserted the dignity and relevance of God's law to a church and world that had lost touch and fallen into darkness. Never flinching from the personal attacks directed at Rush from many quarters, on the contrary, she continued to open her house and her life to all comers, potential friend or foe. In the early 90s, Dorothy began to go blind. The technical term is macular degeneration complicated by glaucoma. Dorothy was stripped of the things she loved best, reading the Word of God and helping in the production of the Calcine Report and Rush's books. The pill was bitter indeed, not being able to read, not being able to have her hand on the pulse of the day-to-day workings of the ministry she devoted much of her energies to for years and years. Dorothy spent a good deal of time testing the very theology she had been immersed in for so long. Dorothy was probably best known among those who knew her for her practical attitudes and her unassuming demeanor. For a while, she had a regular column in the Chalcedon Report, and many women, and just as many men, used to read Dorothy's articles first. An example of her useful insights came in an article entitled, In This House You Were Lord. In it, she emphasized that when a husband returns home from the battles of life each day, a wife should have him know that as he steps over the threshold, in his house he is Lord. These and other biblical themes, not in vogue in today's culture, were of great concern to her until she died. She had a passion for studying and understanding the proper biblical roles for men and women, the gender issue, as she liked to call it, and many of us are saddened that her failing health prevented her from more writing on the subject. As I look back on the 18 years that I have the honor and privilege of knowing her, I realize how important Dorothy was in my life. She represented the best of what St. Paul describes in Titus 2, 3, and 4. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. I came to her needing such a woman in my life, and she more than instructed me in these things. She helped me appropriate the role of older woman, called to help younger women assume their God-given responsibilities. Our world has been blessed by her wisdom, which correctly perceived the desperation of feminism as well as the slothfulness of mindless submission. One grateful woman summed it up this way. Dorothy left a legacy which includes not being afraid to speak your own mind, while in the same breath maintaining the power derived from godly submission. Russus John Rushdoony is acknowledged as the father of the Christian Reconstruction Movement, Most certainly, Dorothy deserves recognition as its mother. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. I wrote this poem in honor of Dorothy Rush Dooney entitled The Older Woman. When young I was married and expecting the bliss that was penned in novels or written in scripts, I quickly discovered that marriage demanded more than gifts from the wedding and being carried through the door. My husband, though a blessing from the Lord up above, couldn't teach me to humble myself and him freely love. For that one was needed who had walked in my shoes, a woman much older was the method God would choose. Her hair was a white crown, her face mapped with wrinkles. Her gait was not steady, but her eyes, how they twinkled. She was full of the wisdom that comes from a life that had embraced the role of a helpmeet and wife. At times I'd call her to complain about my man, and she'd listen and question to help me understand that I hadn't been called to be the person in charge, but to submit to God's purpose, which was righteous and large. She wounded me faithfully in my unbelief and showed me by her actions that grace was within reach. Be discreet, chaste, and sober. Love children, love husband. Be obedient to his wishes. See that godliness never diminishes so the word of God is not blasphemed. The day came when this older woman went to receive her reward. Weeks before we had spoken, these were her tender words. I'm leaving you, dear, to join my Savior in heaven. Now you be the older woman. Go help, six or seven. At first I was anxious. How could I become like the woman God sent to help me respond to his call on my life? a worthy woman to be. My dear friend assured that his grace was sufficient for me. She reminded me that I had something to teach to the keepers at home, many within reach. Be discreet, chaste, and sober. Love children, love husband. Be obedient to his wishes. See that godliness ne'er diminishes, so the word of God is not blasphemed. There are numbers of younger ones expecting the bliss that's been penned in novels or written in scripts, they know now that marriage demands so much more than gifts from the wedding and to be carried through the door. I look in the mirror and what do I see with the same set of eyes that have always been me, but a vessel of God to be used in his story. And now, as the older woman, I help others to live to his glory. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit the Kingdom Driven Family.com and ReconstructionistRadio.com.